0: Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wa wa barakatuh. Surprise! Today is me. I'm the one who's going to introduce the podcast. I have <laughs> my special guest here, Amin from uh, Sierra Masters. Amin, how's it going? Alhamdulillah, very good. You know what?
1: I'm just looking at what number podcast this is, or episode? It's, it's episode
0: 40? 39. See, I came oh. prepared. Yeah, sorry. Man. I can't believe yeah. we've done almost forty episodes of that's a good one of, of the mind heist. You think well, the thing it, that's is, man, if,
1: if we'd been doing one a week like we should have been, we probably would be on uh, what would we be on? Just under hundred, maybe eighty, something like that, seventy. Yeah, possibly. But, yeah. Possibly.
0: Um, I think we're averaging about one every
1: two weeks. Yeah, maybe that'll be the average. Yeah, how's, uh, how's your
0: Ramadan sleep schedule? Uh, uh, Bro, I've been working a lot of nights I say nights, but sometimes I work up until midnight So it's not necessarily nights Let's Mm. say evenings Um, So, I've had to sort of take that into account By, like, if I go Taraweh I pray Maybe 8 rakat, so I can come home Sleep, Mm. so I can get up for 8 in the morning Well, I get up for 6 in the morning the next day Oh, well, get up for for, 3 For for 4 and then so Tarawih is is at what time there uh it shows at quarter past ten in the masjid. okay so if you're working
1: at night though how do you
0: no no so like certain days certain days if I'm working at night I can't go like Mm. point blank Mm. got it um but I try and come home Mm. and Mm. do some stuff at home and then Mm.
1: You know, I realized, bro, if if you have a nine-to-five in the UK, it still is a struggle to pray Tarawih sometimes, right? Because Tarawih might start at, who knows, 11, right? Something like that. Um, 10, 30, 11. And so, you know, by the time you get home, it's midnight. I mean, it's not that bad, to be honest. But, you know, I'm sure it adds up. Like, you
0: you get tired of waking up early and stuff. I think that the hardest thing is obviously... Like, it doesn't bother me, but it's just a shame that you can't get up in the morning and have a coffee. <laughs> but mm. if you started, and that's the thing, if you were to start your day at Fajr, then you will be up at 3 a.m. Yeah, so. yeah. What about you? What's it like over there, hours-wise? Well, I, I
1: think it's ideal, man. I mean, it's pretty good. So, uh, what do we do? We start, like, Fajr to th- these days. It's around 5 past 4, okay? So, I, I wake up just half an hour before that to have Suhoor. Then, we break our fast at what is it just before seven so 655 ish and a share is at like eight eight forty you know eight forty okay. and we finished well in my message we finish at like 940 so yeah pretty pretty good like even if you got nine to five like that's very doable isn't it
0: yeah no doubt yeah that works well man yeah Do it's you good feel like you're maximizing that advantage
1: um, yeah I mean you know the good thing is that you 've got a balance of day and night, right, so in yeah. the day when you know you're not really sleeping you 're not supposed to be sleeping or whatever um, you you know you can try and get get some a better in, get some stuff done. And then at, but at, there is that time at night, like after Isha until Fajr. You can, if, you know, let's say last 10 days, you want to kind of go all out. There is enough time to squeeze in some extra Salah or something like that, right? Whereas yeah, in true. the UK, it's like really a squeeze. And uh, I know, like, I think it was last time I was in the UK, I was fasting. I was following the, I think it's the 18 degrees thing. Um, uh. you know, so that, that meant that Fajr was at 1 a.m. So, you know, that kind of removes the night completely from you.
0: Subhanallah, you are one of them hipsters, yeah. Just following the the angles and that. <laughs> Bro <laughs> I looked into that. It was too complicated for me. I just yeah. thought I follow the jama'a. But you know, each to their own. Yeah. Well, that leads me into what I want to talk to you about today, I mean. Yeah. As my uh, therapist and counsellor every every <laughs> every now and weeks. then. <laughs> <laughs> so the, I was talking to Emin. Uh, let's talk to the listeners quickly Let's talk to Amin about uh, What was I talking to you about? I can't even remember how I, I phrased it Bro you just threw it all at me in one go
1: Yeah I right. said Amin I need you bro I need No wait you. let me I'm actually going <laughs> to go to WhatsApp to see what
0: happens So am I, I'm already on there <laughs> uh, God actually um, we spoke a lot this week This is illegal, we can't speak this much Yeah we're going to ruin the, the podcast <laughs> uh, Let's have a look Oh, oh yeah, yeah yeah Okay this is how it started <laughs>
1: yeah you said you said bro would you say you've been mentored at all
0: yeah that's how it started okay yeah and then um, you said you said hardly but maybe a little anyway essentially it was um, it was how uh, I I was feeling enslaved by my quote-unquote nine-to-five job Mm. and how um, uh, I felt like I was wearing handcuffs essentially I just hate the idea of Having to ask my my bosses, I think it all started uh, really heavily when I tried to get the last ten days of Ramadan off. Right, and um, I couldn't because there was a, a basically a holiday embargo during that period when no Ooh. one can take any leave mm-hmm. off for the whole um, period. Yeah, for that. Yeah, it's mm. bigger. It's a bigger period than that. Um, mm. But yeah, and I was just like, wow. This shouldn't even have to be a question. Like taking Mm. the last ten days of Ramadan off shouldn't Mm. have to be a question. Taking Eid off shouldn't have to be a question. Like taking Fridays off for goodness' sakes shouldn't have to be a question. Do you know Mm. what I mean? And and like many people, which I'm sure are listening, like you're working for people. You know, first and foremost you're working for someone that's that's the first sort of issue isn't it but okay. <laughs> you know at least if not that you're working for people that aren't muslims mm. or working for an organization that isn't run by muslims or isn't a muslim organization mm. and so you're you're perpetually enslaved to this system that doesn't actually understand you yeah. and doesn't allow you to have time mm. to and doesn't you know, give
1: priority to what you
0: give priority to exactly yeah. and and i think uh, You know the role That I'm in now And the life that I have now Is such a a sharp difference From what I had Not last year But the year before Mm. Like when I really Had maybe a lot more time For Ramadan Right Or maybe even at university Do you know what I mean Like I'm trying to compare How it was back When I was a student And looking at people Doing Etikaf And Mm. I suppose like I can't remember who mentioned it It might have been you Who mentioned it How maybe this These few years of Ramadan Have had an advantage For people that are studying Because It's sort of predominantly Come in the summer holidays Yeah So I think it's I've grown With that expectation That people have time off People can Get involved in lots of ibadah, Lots of activities Mm. Do you know what I mean And they're always In that sort of time But Mm. I've had the The least amount of time Like I've come into Ramadan With the most amount of Ambition that I've had In a long time And it's not my ambition or my lack of ambition or discipline that stopped me. I've realised it's physically the lack of time. Yeah, like it's it's not even like I'm being lazy about it. Like I I went into it, put in away all the things that distract me, literally everything mm. that distracted me, and I still struggled, bro. Do you know mm. what I mean? I still struggled. Yeah. So um, talk to me, bro. How does one free themselves <laughs> from the bondage of 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 bosses? Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You know though you know something when I when I think about this kind of topic, yeah, I yeah. try obviously I'm self employed, I've been self employed for probably like two and a half years or something, yeah. Mm. Um I, I must say I haven't had a lot of experience in like a, a an office job or anything like that, only a little bit. Uh, but obviously you get to know how it is um, by speaking to people because that's the most you know common thing i suppose Um, but you know one thing is important even someone who you know usually people who are self-employed they they like shout from the rooftops that you know stop being a slave and j-o-b just over broke and all of this yeah but i actually i don't take that stance 100 percent i think definitely any muslims yeah, and if, if if they find it possible, if they find it um, suitable for them as as a you know individual, as like you know as a unique person, if they find that they can be self-employed, I think they kind of have a duty to do that, right? But it doesn't mean that having a job is bad, right? It doesn't mean that you can't have the best life for you personally um with a job so i do i do really think that you can really live a great life and accomplish a lot and uh, and y- you don't have to always be shackled by having a job um you know and uh, yeah so sometimes you find a job you're really good at it the place you are at seems to be good um and and you're kind of maybe fueled by the fact that you know you're in the right place um the right person in the right place and that really really like when you finish work you're not you're not like relieved you're just like okay that's part of the day is over kind of thing so i, I do think people like that definitely exist and not just people who are like obsessed with the dunya and stuff I, like i do genuinely think that that's like a possible thing um i was just thinking for example you know like hamza tzortzis for example yeah? Who, yeah who he he works for Ayira, yeah he works for them now that's you right. might say yeah it's true like his job is probably one of the dream jobs like your job is to like spread islam right but um but in the end he, he's he got hours i'm sure he's because he's a ceo he's probably got to do plenty of stuff that is outside of those hours he's got to travel maybe when he wants to be with his family and so um part of it is just so but it's still a great job that's what i'm trying to say so mm-hmm. i just want to get that out of the way just so because i think there's a lot of um that it's too one-sided the discussion where it's like as long as you have a job, you're a loser and you're a slave, and it's never going to be good mm. but no but, the, it can work yeah it can
0: of course i, I think um mm. maybe it's maybe it's more to do with having a job but then having an end goal, like yeah exactly what, what, people's end goal tends to well i say you know tends to be, but there mm. are individuals that have an end goal of just reaching to you know, to their pension, so they'll yeah. just work until their pension, and that's when they yeah. quote unquote retire um, yeah yeah that's,
1: that's definitely
0: sad yeah yeah and that I think that's what it is I think for example in the role that I'm in everyone mm. just talks about their pension the people that have been there for ages really like, yeah yeah that's they're good. just talking about their pension pension I'm like why would I want to wait until then mm. to have that sort of freedom Yeah, where do you know what I mean so why mm. not like like <laughs> and and this is it like uh, with with using Hamza Saucer as an example the poor soul Mm. because we're just picking out his name out of the hat Mm. Mm. Um, I suppose he works for Ayira so that's that's the second stage of understanding where Mm. at least you're in a Muslim organisation like that's what I would say Mm. but when you're just rock bottom not in a Muslim organisation working ridiculous hours Mm. that's when it's like bondage bro that's of really, course like, yeah yeah no doubt up. yeah so um,
1: so i just wanted to say that as a caveat uh because but for like maybe who knows 70 80 percent of people yeah like they should really think deeply about how they can become more independent which mm-hmm. doesn't mean that's another maybe caveat i want to add is being self-employed usually means working more than when you are employed but yeah i don't know just more flexibility around it exactly. right? exactly like, yeah
0: no exactly and i think what i've what has interested me a lot at least is um this notion of um not just financial freedom but location freedom yeah um now obviously with the day and age we're living in with laptops computers whatever like there's so much out there yeah. to take advantage of online mm. um i came across a uh, I'm gonna. I, I might just butcher this story, but mm. I came across this profile, uh, this couple that I think they were like digital market. They started a digital marketing agency or something along those lines, um, and I think they must have been bringing in about four thousand dollars a month, maybe okay. you know something along those lines. And they decided to go on holiday, right? Mm. That's just them. I don't think they've got any kids or anything. Mm-hmm. But decided um, to go on holiday, and then I think they were on holiday for about maybe three weeks, maybe a month, mm. and they were due to come back, mm-hmm. but then they just decided, oh, let's let's actually go to this other country, right? And they yeah. still work, they still put their hours in when yeah. they need to, mm. and then realizing, actually, they've got, Wi-Fi at every single place they go to and mm. if they plan it out accordingly they can just continue working wherever they are yes. So from what i've read, I think they've been traveling non-stop for the past four years or so mm. um, I could be wrong, but it's been a long time Yeah, and then it just sort of clicked in my mind this idea of location freedom mm. If You can have location freedom then you can literally have that sort of Autonomy Despite the fact that you're still working Autonomy to actually be as flexible as possible I think yeah. flexibility is the, the key thing here Because mm-hmm. what what appeals to me is You know, I don't want to do the 9 to 5 I'll work when I mm. know it's best for me to work yeah. Like, like you might
1: work 10 hours a day But just when yeah. the hours you want Like yeah. more than 9 to 5 But yeah
0: Yeah, let's say like uh, For me, like let's say Okay, I've got Jumai, right? Yeah uh, From from morning until I don't know, hours time I'm not Mm. going to work During that period But then I'll make up for it With the evening Mm. You know And there's nothing stopping me From doing that Yeah Um, yeah Anyway And another
1: thing is that A lot of the time uh, If you've got an 8 hour Kind of shift Or job or whatever Yeah 8 hours you're supposed to be there Yeah a lot a lot a lot of the time if if you had the freedom to optimize your working environment and you were able to leave whenever you wanted you would be leaving earlier i mean actually maybe it's half 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 people would actually be working longer because they don't get anything done at work yeah. but there would be half of people who if you left it up to them they were, would be able to finish a lot of like great amount of work in less than 8 hours yeah. and so why are they being stuck in you know in in working that time So yeah, it's true. My
0: my understanding of it, or at least my thought process at the moment, right, is is Allah subhanahu wa taala is arahman rahim. Right, let's 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 solidify that for a second. Subhanahu and. And, we live in a day and age where to make time for His ibadah, to make time for Him, can often be quite difficult when you're shackled into these sort of like one of my biggest biggest annoyances is Mm -hmm. having to um quickly find somewhere to pray, right? Yeah. And do it relatively discreetly so you're not disturbed mm. and yeah. do it in a in a in a you know not not be able to elongate it or whatever because of you know, whatever responsibility yeah. is it's breathing down your neck yeah. and then your khoshua is completely out of the window because you're worried someone's yeah. just going to walk in on you and disturb you and then sometimes mm. someone does walk in on you and disturb you and they just completely mess up your prayer and you know what I mean this sort of yeah. notion yeah. that people have all the time and some people mm. obviously they have it sorted out with their bosses mm. or whatever um, some people yeah. have prayer rooms etc but yeah. it's just as the Prophet ﷺ said, yeah, like Al, al- Yadul ulya khayrun min al Yadul sufla, you know, and that is the whole mm. so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Rahman, rahim and and I strongly mm. believe that you know, once I've solidified the intention, which is the main thing, mm. solidify your intention mm-hmm. as to why you want this freedom. Mm. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will open those doors for you in this day and age, using whatever yeah. is available this day and age of technology, mm-hmm. of opportunity, of doors to yeah. open to to get you to that goal with hard work and dedication, and and yeah, and in 100%. and in terms and you, like you said, to let's say entrepreneurship for you for yourself mm. to go down that entrepreneurship route, you will have to work mm. so much harder at least in the first mm. you know stage mm. of Couple this sort of years, of time. Yeah. But mm. but that time that you're spending working harder that you may see as a waste of time, you're not actually getting your Aibel done or everything. That itself, mm. because you solidified your intention from the start, you know why you're doing this from the start. May Allah, yeah. Allah may accept that as your, as a as well. Because the only reason you're working so hard is so you can free yeah. yourself from the, the, shackles of, the nine to five. Yeah.
1: And and even if the work is like worse than your nine to five, you would have more purpose behind it, right? There's a direction, more of a direction, rather than the direction being like your pension, like you said. Yeah. So it definitely is more motivating. Definitely. Um, what I was going to say, you know, when when I when I had a nine to five in in Dubai, yeah. Yep obviously in the uae you're gonna find prayer rooms and stuff everywhere of course. um so on our on lunch break yeah uh i guess it was the typical one hour lunch break yeah um so i would go to pray yeah now just it, bro just what you're describing in the uk it was very similar um in the uae even though by law muslims should have uh extra time outside of that one hour they should have extra time to pray right yeah? Um, but but yeah it was still that typical environment of oh like what are you doing? Like why are you wasting time? This and that, you know? Yeah. And so that ruined my prayer, ruined my khushur. You know, I, I like to do my atkar if I can and yep. stuff. But even though technically I have the time to do the atkar, I just feel rushed. Exactly. And maybe it's it's part of my anxious um personality a little bit, but but like, yeah, man, it, it was it was really not good and I felt maybe what you're feeling now where it's like Like, what the hell, man? I'm trying to worship my Lord, This is the purpose of my life. And these people consider it, they consider it, uh, uh, you know, like complete, like who cares what what you want kind of thing uh, in in the job. And the the most annoying thing about it is that I know that I was more focused on getting stuff done than the average person. But uh, most workplaces, they don't reward getting good work done. They reward more stuff like, socializing with your boss isn't it yeah exactly so so obviously that never worked for me being this anti-social guy (laughs) i am so so yeah man i I definitely know uh, like i have a flavor of of what it's like and bro yeah like you said there's so many intentions you can go down when it comes to trying to you know be self-employed whether it is the ability to uh be able to go hajj you know whenever hajj time is that you, you know you can take that holiday um or you know go umrah or um visit family exactly in different countries exactly or um you know or spend more time with your children you know that was always something i, I had uh, as my one of my intention you know before i'm even married i'm like look Annie, i want to be like very present i want to have a good influence yeah. on my kids i want to be able to take my kids places um, during the day maybe you know where when you know i've got energy etc yeah. etc I'm, I'm seeing um, it
0: now more than ever bro like i will go to work uh, see my son for about 10, 20 minutes. Um, mm. Before work, and then I don't know, come home, and he's already asleep, and I won't see him till the next day. Sometimes I don't mm. see him for a whole day, like, mm. do you know what I mean? Like, it's and, and you start yeah. seeing it, and, 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 and he, the way he lights up when I walk in, bro, like, it's insane you know, the way mm. he just gets, he becomes like a Tasmanian devil running around the house with excitement when he sees <laughs> me, and it's just like, wow, this is what matters, like, and I've, we've already spoken about this before, about me and my sort of mindset of, I just want to serve my family, like, those are the two things I care about, is about, you know, practicing mm. my religion and serving my family, those are my t- two key sort of golden nuggets, and I'm not able to do that now, like, I'm not able to do yeah. it to the extent that I want to, mm. and and I've always spoken about goals and the trouble of setting mm. goals i didn't know what goals i wanted and i think maybe yeah. because i always considered goals as a material thing right something that right material mm. i want this particular thing or that i've mm. actually realized that this is what i wanted i wanted what i have i just want more of it and i can't do yeah. that with the situation i'm in so yeah let's talk about we've, we've just spoke about the mindset okay so let's mm. assume that maybe there's people listening and the mindset mm. is there. They've got that mindset of actually, you know what this is sort of what I want as well, right? Do you yeah. think the skills needed to mm. to make that dream come true are right. are a talent that someone's born with or are they skills that can be acquired? You know, the skills of let's say entrepreneurship or self, you know, being mm. able to be yeah. self-employed. Is that something you can educate yourself with or is that mm. something that you think is quite innate in people?
1: Yeah. People have different opinions of this. I think um, it's it's kind of half half right so you don't need uh, you don't need innate skills um, but I do think that if you have a certain personality you 're gonna be way better off yeah yeah uh, certain people have a personality of Uh, For example, there are key character traits absolutely necessary to succeed as far as I know. Um, One being, for example, taking responsibility for everything. Hmm. Uh, One being uh, just getting stuff done, like just having that attitude of like it might take loads of time, it might be frustrating, but that ability to be resilient um, is is necessary. Uh, A huge one is the ability to put off instant gratification. I think a lot of people really, they struggle with that one. Um, so you need these traits now are these traits innate or are they learned well i guess it's like uh, that's a whole debate of nature and nurture like your personality was it innate or was it from your circumstances maybe it's like mostly from your circumstances but partly innate right so by the time but i I can't me personally i kind of lean towards if you're like 20 25 and you know you're going to I feel like you're going to kind of have these traits already or not. It doesn't mean you're going to already be interested in entrepreneurship, by the way. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're going to already have started a business. But many people in jobs have these traits already, right? Um, and so those people that have these traits, they're going to fare way, way better than others. you know. But you can never say people without these traits right now, it's impossible for them. You, you can't shut the door on those people, really. But these are the things I just listed. I feel like it's like... This is the number one thing. Beyond, like, literally, if you said, you said skills, bro, any skill is is a triviality if you've got these things. Yeah. That's what I think.
0: Brilliant. That's what I think. No, mm. I think that's that's good. Um, mm. I went blank. Now I always go blank. But getting blank isn't part of the skill set, is it? I mean, going blank. <laughs> no, I mean
1: it's neutral. It, it won't help you or uh, you know make you lose out. But, bro, you know I, what I wanted to say is. Um, you you've got the the normal uh, beginner's mindset if you like of i wanna become uh, independent uh, financial uh, sorry independent by location by finances maybe uh, uh maybe by the times that i work and stuff like that yeah. that's where it always begins right that's where everyone begins that's good now you need to transition into the mindset of what are problems that i can solve for people yeah you know that's what i would say that's the number one and you'll be surprised bro like um a lot of people like the average um self-employed person uh they actually don't have this mindset right so maybe it's not 100% necessary but i think it will help you so so much and remember as well that the average on- entrepreneur they will fail uh they might quit and also they might um just have a very average horrible business really yeah. so you want to you want to avoid those things of course so you want to have the mindset of who am i serving and ha- and what problem am i solving for them and you just want to get obsessed with that so the next stage uh, if you you know you got the intention you want to take it seriously now you want to start this is what i'm doing by the way because i'm, I'm considering a new business right now so we're kind of on the same thing right here and right now um you want to just like look out for problems that people are facing and you want to pretty much get obsessed with that just look at problems don't worry about the solutions yet um Another way to help you narrow that down because just problems in the world is is a bit too broad, but focus in on a group of people um, that you know well like you know what they deal with in their day to day and they obviously they need to be a group that are like homogeneous you know they have certain things in common mm. um, like like uh, I don't know think of uh, plumbers you know what problems do plumbers face now you might know not know about them because you're not involved with them, so you want to go. Uh, you could do a load of research and try and learn what their problems are um, But a lot of people, they're already involved in a, with a certain group of people Whether that's through their job or through family, friends Or whatever it is they know about people that are in, in a certain group And you just want to get obsessed with what problems are they facing That have not yet been solved Or have not been adequately solved um, This is the mindset you need to begin with, I would say
0: I like that I like that a lot I think... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think one of the key things I came across was um, the difference between motivation and discipline. Because, yeah, you, so the first stage, as you said, is it's all motivation at the end of the day, isn't it? So that first mm. bit is all motivation, but motivation doesn't last forever. Motivation is yes. like a short burst, um, mm. and being disciplined is then knowing what needs to be done, what sacrifices must be made, and if you can commit to those sacrifices, mm. it all yeah. comes down to time and how much time yes. you can invest and how much time Mm. you're wasting can't complain about a situation when you're not putting the time in and making the sacrifice to change it i suppose Mm. yeah and and, um uh
1: sorry yes time about time um one thing you i want to say is good for you for example if you're um if you're a jobless like let's say you're just coming out of uni or you just got made redundant or you just um Uh, you're transitioning from one business to another you're in a worse situation than you right you're in a good situation to start a business now bro because um you've got income right when you have income you you don't go into desperation mode where it's like let me just get money anywhere you don't want to you want to avoid that ideally what you want to do instead you want to focus on solving a problem um even if you're not making money from it right away Mm. You just want to, often you will make money straight away, but you just want to focus on really solving a problem really very well. And then uh, that might start slower because you have to get the product market fit correct. Yeah. So you have to have a, a really good solution for a, a, an ideal market. And that might take a while to find that exact match, right, between their problem and your solution. Mm. But once you get that match, uh, you will grow very very quickly right and therefore um and therefore it's good for you to have time uh, as someone employed who's not desperate absolutely absolutely desperate to make money straight away it's good to have that time and that income coming in mm. so i think you have a bit of an advantage there and another thing is about time is I think it, you need to, everyone needs to have some kind of rule of thumb of how long it might take. Like, I think if, you're, if you have a job, you should say, I need to get out of this job in two years. Yeah. I think that's quite realistic. It's not too short, it's not too long. Um, some people, bro, <laughs> I'll tell you a real story of a real guy. Yeah. Go on. Uh, he, he was one of my clients. He, he was um, selling on Amazon, he was selling supplements on Amazon, and he had a job, I think he had a job in IT. So I'm sure he was being paid well and stuff, yeah. Um, he was, I think he's in his like 30s, mid 30s or something. Bro, the guy was bringing in. I don't know if I should say. I don't. He's not identifiable. He's bringing in like fifty thousand pounds a month from his business, and he was, you know, he's not working full time on it. He's still got his IT job, and he continued like this. For like three years, four Uh years, like he just he just wouldn't jump ship. He's, I don't know, you know what they say? uh, What they call it, golden um, handcuffs or whatever. Yeah, he just like it's like uh, you're just too too scared to. If he's very risk averse, I suppose. Yeah, and so he was holding on for way way too long. Um, But yeah, I think two years is a good amount of time. Uh, You know, you might feel two years, man, it's way too long. But I'm just saying, like, give that to yourself as a deadline you know so it might be one year it might be six uh, it might be two years you know i don't i don't know about quitting like within six months i mean it depends on your results and stuff Mm. but yeah just just so you have you know a rule of thumb you know some kind of idea you know i think two years is a solid kind of thing because remember as well it it might seem long but you inshallah by doing this you're going to set yourself up for another 40 years um being self-employed and so you're only you're investing only two years to get 40 years of of quote-unquote freedom so you know it's it's pretty decent investment as well
0: so what what i've what i've noticed is so between these two stages of of um like initial motivation and then as you stated um, identifying a problem that needs solving in between those two are the um Mm. the things that make the things that inject you with fear right and mm, there's certain yes. things that inject me with fear And mm. you know the risk averse Trying to be risk averse and all that stuff um, yeah. But the, the key that solves that Is education right. I think And it's educating mm. yourself about that which scares you So there's certain things that put you off Because you're like well I don't understand this And I don't you know because I don't understand that Or this certain aspect of business yeah. Or this business model or whatever um, mm. I, I'm not going to be able to do it You know I'm going to flop And mm. and I think that was the bridge that bridges you know, the motivation to the, the initial stages of problem solving is educating mm. yourself, um, is investing mm. in yourself, is giving you, you know, so right now, like, my mindset is to s- save money, essentially, mm. or, you know, get some sort of footing and then... Mm in the meantime educate myself about everything and anything i possibly can like expose myself to all sorts of business models all sorts of opportunities all sorts of things that are out there Um, and also know what my weaknesses are in terms like practical weaknesses like i don't know maybe i'm i don't know not very good with taxes and stuff like that okay educate myself on that get yourself up to speed Mm -hmm. on that because it's the unknown really that scares you um it's the unknown that that sort of intimidates you not necessarily the unknown of the future but the the stuff that you physically just don't know about and you need a mm. bit of brushing up on or some educating on because at the end of the day mm. when it comes to business when it comes to being independent it's not something that's taught at school um, i've never yeah. taken business studies i think from what i've heard from people that have taken business studies it's not it's not going to teach you how to make a business you know yeah
1: i did uh, a level business studies and uh it's basically business management. It's okay. how to be um, a uh, manager of other slaves.
0: <laughs> ah, okay. That's I've always interested. I've always been interested to speak to someone about that. So you don't think that it no. kind of it set you up for your own independence in a way?
1: Uh, no, maybe maybe one percent, two percent. So do you <laughs> uh, think just because yeah. it gives you an understanding of basic? Uh, you know, the finances of how businesses work and
0: different models, but not hardly here, yeah, hardly. All right. So you think, so would you say that the, in general, the school systems that we are exposed to um, mm. really don't support that and they just they just funnel everybody into the same sort of uh, setup?
1: I mean, pretty much, but less less so than before, maybe. Mm. But also, you've got to remember, bro, that I would say less than... T- Eighty percent of the population is not suited to uh, be self-employed, and that's why maybe it's right that the the school system's not really catering yeah. to it. Wallahu lower yeah. I'm not sure, but that's what I think right now.
0: And, and this is it. Like I, I want to, because I'm I'm a hundred percent sure that there's so many people listening that that mm. are sort of getting touched by what we're talking about, and they are feeling mm. it. And you know, uh, it, we can't lie. We've seen an explosion of of different sort of startups all across the Muslim scene. Um, yeah and a lot of the time which i don't knock i never like to knock it when one mm. one person starts something uh, you know mm. a couple of years later you find 10 20 other people have done the same sort of you know try to replicate that sort of success um yeah some better than others obviously some burn out quite mm. quickly um but mm. some you know keep plodding along uh, it's the same mm. with like the clothing thing bro uh mm. you know when 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 I first came up with the idea of Pure XI, for example, it was because mm. I'd seen someone else doing the... Uh, I'm not going to say I'm bloody... I was the first person to start, you know, doing yeah. clothes yeah. that I don't know, somewhat Islamically inspired. But um, I identified that actually a lot of the stuff out there was lame. Mm. <laughs> like, that was yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and um, I wanted to to invest more... You know, in the creative side of things and the quality mm. side of things, mm. uh, and just and that was
1: a bit of a problem you found in the model. Yeah,
0: I suppose it was. I suppose it was. Um, mm. And you know, it's still Purex I's still about, still knocking about. I'll you know dip in and out of it as it as it as I so freely think I should. Um, mm. But it, it, I think, for a lot of people, those those tries and fails are often mm. seen as failures and often. Bring people down and give up on the whole idea, and I realize mm. now that everything I thought was a failure was actually mm. something that I learned a lot from. Whether it was, yeah, of course. you know, I learned, bro, I learned extreme amount of patience in my old retail job, like a ridiculous mm. amount of patience. And then in this job that I have now, I developed the thing I'd say I'd learned the most is thick skin. Right, right. I've developed mm. like incredible thick skin where things that would have bothered me bro like people shouting abuse at you or insulting you or do you know what i mean or dealing with Mm -hmm. having a run-in with the worst type of people in society you would you know before this job i would have just it would have just ruined my day you know you get those people that maybe shout racist abuse and stuff and it ruins your absolute day right right that doesn't phase me in the slightest anymore. Like it's, mm. it, I remember I was, <laughs> we were in a, me and my mom, I think, we were in a Tesco's car park and mm-hmm. some guy came up to us and started trying to sell us some stolen perfumes or something. I can't no, remember really. what I did. I think I switched on him and that. And then my mom turns to me and goes, you've changed. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, you never used to be like this. You never used to be like, do you know what I mean? Like, um. I don't know, more, Confident, or or mm. stern, or whatever, thick-skinned—I mm. like to call it—and it's something I've learned mm. I, that I've learned from the situations I've been put in, the challenges I've been put in. So every single yeah. experience you have, or failure you have, or even success you have, is, is a learning experience. And I don't think I should ever view it mm. as a as time wasted. I, the least I can say is I've got an experience out of that, and I've learned something from it. So for for people that are mm. sort of trying and failing bottom line is you've you've learned something along the way and it and it means that the next thing you try you know what to avoid you know the potholes that people get themselves into
1: yeah and in in business circles a lot of the time people glorify failure too much but um you want to succeed first time ideally Yeah. yeah but but that's why i said two years to you because when i say two years i'm thinking You try one thing for three months Three months though If you want to try a business out for three months You've got to like be very fast Yeah Because three months not too much time But let's say three months Um, Within those three months You want to see if you're finding product market fit And you want to see if there's good signs And then you take it further and further But if it doesn't seem to match You know then you, you've you got time to try another thing because sometimes it's just a matter of time and it's a matter of trying and if you've got two years and you've got an income to try then that's great now you, you've got an advantage like i said you're not in desperation mode where you've got to make something work which may not be suitable to work you know
0: mm. no definitely mm. um, i'm trying to think what other aspects of this that we can sort of dive into well bro
1: what about you know you talk about um educating yourself yeah let me just drop a few books which i you know i found very helpful oh, brilliant. and it, it's, mo- it's mostly like mindset stuff to be honest uh, but some of it is is also very solid in terms of um how to think about business like how to think about positioning yourself or like being unique from other businesses and stuff like that yeah so uh the number one i would say is the 22 immutable laws of marketing um I don't consider this a marketing book. I consider it like just a fundamental book every business um owner or whatever should read because it teaches you how to basically how to be different and stand out from from other businesses yeah it basically it teaches you how to never have competition you know ideally you should never have competition uh, but you'll learn what that means from from this book so uh twenty two immutable laws of marketing that one was good um the four hour work week is a very good one as well um that one that bro, that's just a classic. Like I really enjoy reading it un- until today because um it's mostly about how to be effective, how to use your time wisely, but then also there is huge elements of it which is all about being uh independent of location and, so and time. That's four hour,
0: is that the four hour work week that one?
1: Yeah, Tim Ferriss.
0: Is yeah. that um so mm. is that so this is my thing with with books, right? I I know I've cut you off halfway, but Is it? Are you feeling like you're getting practical knowledge from these books, or is it just the initial motivation stuff?
1: Yeah, so the the, these books I'm listening now, listing now, are not uh, super super practical, and that's kind of on purpose though. Yeah, Uh, because I don't know about books that are like really really practical. Like I know there are a few that I've read, Mm. but that's rarely. I don't know uh, for for very practical stuff I would prefer stuff like blog posts or courses or stuff like right. that right exactly yeah yeah but the but I'm still I would still consider uh, uh, encourage um people to read like one or two books just for, it just helped me so much man like in terms of getting the mindset like um how did I start considering um 10,000 pounds a month not much money like how did I start to get to that. It's just be from reading and like when you read enough businesses, you lot about enough businesses, you realize, oh yeah, like that's um that's not a business. That's like a micro business, like ten thousand pounds a month. Um you know, these kind of mindset shifts, you know. And uh, the the four hour work we is the probably the one of the most practical ones. Right. Um and then the the one about the 22 immutable laws one, that's just like it's a very short book and it's just like okay you get in the mindset of um, you don't need to compete. Instead, you just need to be unique, and you need to niche down and stuff like that. Um, I'm not. I'm not throwing out all these theory books. I'm, uh, these are like a good balance, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've said two so far. What would be another one that like really helped me? I'm just. I'm actually looking on my Amazon um, wish list because they would all be saved here. Um, a good article to read is um, just search on Google "1,000 True Fans." that like that's one that will like make you realize wow this is really doable but the main idea is you just need if you can find a thousand um fans like people who love your products um just a thousand in in the lifetime of your business like you'll be fine like because if you think about it if they spend 50 pounds uh, um, a year with you that's 50,000 pounds revenue you know yeah um if they spend 100 pounds with you that's 100,000 pounds revenue so uh it's also the idea of, of zooming in on a group of a smaller group of people but just really delighting them yeah. and not being too worried about having like tens of thousands of customers um, i remember so that's a good one i
0: remember when you used to work with me on pure xi and you brought that up actually it was mm. quite profound because um mm. although i didn't have 1000 true fans I, I know that i had a number of true fans that without mm. doubt would would always purchase whatever i put out no matter what it was yeah um yeah. and it, that it was quite profound and if it was to maximize that is actually quite a solid um yeah solid understanding
1: yeah and it gives you that hope doesn't it that oh i don't need to like be massive to make a good living yeah um final book which i haven't read okay but i think it's it's the most practical out of the ones i'm going to list is uh it's called how to be a capitalist without any capital Okay, uh, but I think I've got a feeling um, this book is more going to be about software business because I know the author and he's like all about software. But I, I know it's very practical. This book, so yeah, that's that's what, all I would say. Just those four books um, is good to just get started. And I wouldn't say like reading if if reading is getting in the way of doing, like just throw the bin the books in the bin, yeah. you know. Like, but. But reading helped me at least, you know, motivation-wise or, like, having the right attitude or uh, certain basic business foundations, you know.
0: And I think a lot of these are available on Audible as well, aren't they? Um, Of course, yeah. So you can maximise your sort of time by doing that. Um, Mm. What was I going to say? SubhanAllah. Yeah, I was thinking about (laughs) a lot of this is sort of a bit like um, how we consume elm and and, and knowledge and how the general populace sort of... uh, For example, you've got... You go on YouTube, you click your Iman boosting videos, your short sort of five, ten minute Iman boosters. And mm. that's sort of like, I don't know, the initial motivation stage, isn't it? And then you've got your yeah. your long series where it's like studying some sort of ilm, okay? Mm. And, and that's your practical like you're learning your practical knowledge there. And then you've actually got mm. your Iberda, which is your you performing your Iberda, and that is yeah. uh, somewhat equivalent to you actually doing the work, you know, getting out there and doing yeah. it. And then... You realise when slacking. you're slacking in your aiberta, you're slacking in your work. You go back to the eman mm. booster to charge you up again, and then you learn your practical knowledge. Mm. So you can, and it's that sort of loop, I think and you do yeah. it in the deen I, like, I find myself doing it all the time like I watch an Iman booster or something okay I got my Iman boost now I, I want to start a series okay I've learnt this, this and this now I implement this, this and this into my Iberda so whether it's Sunan that I've learnt whether, mm. whether it's du'as I've memorised whether it's surahs that I've memorised you know, and then incorporate yeah. that and then it becomes then slowly you are becoming monotonous because it's becoming a, a habit so you want to refresh it go back to yeah. the start and it's that yeah. cycle isn't it?
1: Mm. 100%. 100 percent so do you want to like um I don't know if we could get more practical than we've already got like what is the gap now for you between like this and taking like real action uh,
0: so all right I don't know if there's a gap I think my action I'm still probably in the motivation phase you know probably mm. just at the end of it um, mm. but it does spark up. Every now and again, like I'll come across something, I watch it again. I'm like, oh, sweet, that's awesome. I think I'm mm. at the moment. It's the ed- education and exposure, right? I'm educating yeah. myself and exposing myself to all sorts of you know models and opportunities mm. and, and and personalities that are out there that are doing it. That's the main mm. thing. Like I like to see that it's it's possible and exposing myself to those because I'd accepted. I'd, I really did accept that this is it. You know, before mm. I, I accepted, okay, this I'm in a career now. You know, you get you get into this serious job for once. It's not like a part time Mm. job or a job that people would have had as a part time job, because I say a lot of people are in jobs that university students would be doing part time or college students would be doing part time, and then they go full time in retail, for example. It's mm. like, okay, uh, well, this isn't serious. I need to find something that's serious. And then they apply for something mm. that's quote-unquote serious or using their degree mm. to get into or their you know yeah. qualifications. They're in it now. Okay, this is the start of my career. Mm. This is where I'm going to be forever. Um, mm. And some people, that's what they want and they love it and that's what they've always wanted to do. Um, and I th- yeah. think because of what we've discussed many times on these 40 episodes of how I never had a goal Or never had a desire to Mm. do anything, then I think that's probably Mm. what set me up for self, like independence. You know, Mm. I can't say I've always wanted to be, uh, you know, a fireman or a a doctor or you know X Y Z because that I haven't got the drive. But I have always been independent of that, so I've had a drive for independence. Anyway, yeah. So Mm. yeah, yeah. Educate myself, bro, and seeing what's out Mm. there, see what opportunities are out there, and I've realised that the more a lot of the opportunities that are out there need some sort of capital so I am yeah. trying to think of ways to make you know that capital now but mm. at the same time using it as an opportunity to develop you know my my hustling energy bro my buying and selling energy mm. you know the classic down bare bones of what business is is just buying and selling right down to the yeah. bottom so mm. like we've got I've, I've set up a, a bit of a game with my wife that we're going to go and do is Hustling at, at, at car boot sales And yard sales And stuff like that
1: Sick where, well, And then sell it on eBay
0: Yeah bro uh, I used to do that anyway But focusing on stuff That I know a lot about You know So yeah. And that's the main thing Like I For example You know I've, I've played video games All my life Right I know yeah. When I see a game Because of all this experience i and I was really deeply into the industry, bro. Like I would listen to the mm. industry podcasts. I would list, uh, read and write reviews. Like I was into it, bro. Like, that was my thing. Um, yeah. So when I see something, I know how. Like I know its value quite quickly. Um, mm. But also, there's ways and means of doing that. And I think for people listening, it's like, what is it that you're really interested in, and go out there and just buy and sell it, just to get yourself maybe trained up in the in the fundamental skills of buying and selling. And also just yeah. to get your own confidence up. Like, mm. one thing, for example, is closing a deal is something that intimidates people. Go to mm. go to Marrakesh and start haggling. Go to, you mm. know, an Arab country or whatever and start learning to haggle with people, you know. And if mm. you can do it with a broken Arabic accent, then you can probably start doing mm. it in English quite well as well. Um, mm. Like, I remember how the buzz I felt when I went to France once. I was mm. with a group of friends from school and... One of them wanted to buy a belt And I just haggled it down to nothing And the buzz I felt from doing that Was insane hmm. um, Oh and also Another thing um, uh, This is going to sound like a plug But I switched my bank account to um, Have you heard of Monzo before? Yep Bro I switched it to Monzo Bro this bank yeah. is insane bro I love it <laughs> Sick, yeah I, I love it I yeah. used to not It's crazy because I used to shy away So badly From looking at my Statement From my like account Do you know what I mean right. Like, I, So I was with Santander And I hated Opening up my bank account I hated it I didn't mm. want to do it I'd avoid it Unless I desperately Needed to check Because it's just yeah. That dread of knowing Like oh god I've spent this much Do you know what I mean mm. And now bro I feel like I can't stop checking it Because Okay It breaks it down Really well So Hmm. It breaks things down into all like into categories. So I don't know categories of spending, categories I mean. of spending as well, and it does hmm. that round up thing where you know it rounds up anything that's left over and can put it into a savings account for you. Um, hmm. So like I you know I've had it for two days. I've saved what one pound. Uh, I haven't right. been spending that much money to be honest, um, but it's brilliant. And then I'm like, I'm seeing my savings just just sort of trickling in and then yeah bro i can see
1: i love i love these these uh they call them challenger banks yeah or like virtual banks bro they're so sick man i use um uh, transferwise. wise okay. uh transfer is more like specialized in uh exchanging currencies right so they will give you you know when you google um a conversion rate for a currency yeah um it will uh, it will give you that exact one you see on google yeah, yeah right yeah. so it, they call it the mid-market rate Mo- like if you if i send from a british bank to a u.s bank so it has to go from pounds to dollars the bank is going to destroy you with the conversion rate but transfer wise it gives you the the exact rate they get they give it to you but yeah. then they just charge you like a, a fee like 0.8 percent or something like that yeah um, but they also have a bank account uh, like product where you can have a full bank account with full bank details so i've been loving that man it's very good it
0: all comes back to control and, and and it's it's the lack of control that has upset me uh, for a long time and, right and, and right. this for example is just when i started hmm. getting really buzzed about this you know this banking app for goodness sakes then i yeah, realized what it is that i'm that gives me that buzz is having control And yes, Mm. yes, we can't deny it. A lot of control comes from having wealth and having, you know, an income. And I think before this, and I wanted to talk to people about, you know, before this motivation and stuff and where it comes from. It's like Mm. you're either one or the other with it you either say, okay, this is my life. Alhamdulillah, I'm going to put up with it and have patience. And I'm going to die one day and, you know, it won't be so bad as long as I do my ibadah and, and do what I can, right? Mm. That's that's you in the shackles, right? That's you in bondage, okay? That's what yeah. you say when you are you have a defeatist mentality or you're just going to put up with it. Like, yeah, I would like something else, but if I'm patient enough, I'll put up with it. And then the other side mm. of you is like, actually, no, why not challenge it, okay? Uh, give myself the life so I can have that so I can be rewarded for my time and I feel like I'm doing something meanif- meaningful mm-hmm. um, and, and it's it's about b- bouncing between one or the other and you just at one point you've got to solidify on one, or, one of those like are you just going to be patient and put up with the cards you've been dealt and mm. just say okay Alhamdulillah and I'm not saying people don't say Alhamdulillah either way they should do mm. but is it Alhamdulillah I'm going to work harder and, and, and get myself to do better or is it going to be alhamdulillah this is what I'm going to put up with um mm. and it's the same for dua bro you make a dua and it's it's people either go one way or the other when they make dua they either make dua and lie back and just mm. wait for things to come to them or they make dua and step forward and, and go for what they made dua for
1: yeah yeah and um what was i going to say man oh i just went blank with- after i <laughs> <laughs> oh well wow. Uh but bro you know so so about like when you're starting a business you're looking you're looking for problems you can solve this and that yeah Yeah um but like you said some or many businesses need capital right, right. So you want to not all in my opinion not all business uh, categories or business models are built the same For yeah. somebody who like uh if you start if you want to start um a clothing business yeah you're going to need a huge amount of capital true okay um as you know bro as you get successful in selling now you've got the headache of buying stock Yep. and when you buy stock you've got to buy the right amount otherwise your money is just sitting there in stock yeah so uh, for example a clothing business is a very very difficult business it might be something more suited to somebody who is who has like quite a bit of excess income like let's say they're at their job And they they could put aside like 500 pounds just to put into this business yeah. every single month. That person is might be if, if they feel inclined and passionate about a business like that, then that might be suitable to them. But if you're if you're somebody who you're not really saving any money, but you've got like a thousand pounds in total that you've saved. Yeah. Yeah. Um that, now it's a different story. Now you might say, Yeah, you you need to do something more of a services business because a service business costs you nothing. I started my business uh, with zero money. Me me and my partners, we said we're going to put a thousand pounds in each, but we never ended up putting that money in because we got a first client, and then the first client was paying like for the initial things like a website and, and branding and stuff like that. There you go. So that's how a service business works, you know. Uh, obviously, there are, <laughs> as I've learned, there are huge downsides to a service business. But in terms of speed of getting, like the speed of making £1,000 a month, £2,000 a month, there is nothing like a service business as far as, mm. as far as I'm concerned. But then you've got to think, you know, does it suit you? You know, do you want to be dealing with clients? Do you want to be having calls with them? Do you want to, because when a service business, you're kind of more, answering to someone exactly right? yeah 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 so you got to think of those those things and it has to suit you but uh, i'm just i just wanted to say like not everything is built the same and, and also another another thing because of what i'm looking into now is a software business and um the only reason i would ever consider starting a software business is because i have a very close friend who has a software business and he's explained to me how easy it is to actually get into it even if you're not you know, you don't know development, yeah. right? You don't know how to code, so it's only because of that kind of knowledge. Like you said, it's only because I've I've now become aware of the, that it's possible for someone like me to do that. Now I'm doing it because now I feel like, okay, so it, you mean it doesn't cost a hundred thousand pounds to like hire a mad uh, development agency and and develop your first version of your software? He's like, no. So so now I'm like, okay, now I'm interested. Mm. Now I'm just thinking, uh, okay, what problems can I solve? And this is what I'm actually because I'm quite a risk averse person because I, I really want to get it right in terms of is this going to be a solution to people's real deep problems I'm actually get I'm a little bit stuck now I'm, I've got a solid idea but I'm really questioning um, I'm really questioning am I solving a big problem you know so I want to be sure that I'm solving a big problem and the next stage for me to to really find out if, if I'm going to be solving a problem and if it's something people are interested in is I'm actually making a a fake website if you like so i'm making a website uh which explains all about the product the idea i have so far it will explain all the benefits all the features of of this software and then i'm actually going to do a small advertising campaign and i'm just going to see how many people click on the buy button they won't be able to buy it because it doesn't exist but i just want to see like is there enough interest and that's what i would recommend for anyone is try and do like the minimum version of your business to test if there is like a fit a product market fit yeah. Um, like I know you did that with your clothing, for example. That's something doable with clothing. You know, some printers will allow you to print like what is it, like twenty pieces? Minimum, yeah, I mean, it, it
0: we'll be as transparent as possible. I think uh, at least, and okay, let's speak from a Muslim scene. Is that there are certain business, reoccurring business ideas that tend to exist in in in, in the Muslim sort of spectrum. And I, I know mm. I'm very reductionist when I talk about the Muslim scene, but mm. it is what it is. Let's just use it as an example because I think a lot of listeners are also exposed to the same things. So, okay. let's say, let's talk about clothing first because that's a lot of a lot of Muslims do get interested in that because they think it's it's you know easy peasy, cut mm. and dry, right? So, yeah. when I first came up with the idea of PureXI, mm. it was based off the model, the business model of you get your pre-orders in. And then you go and print the stuff and send it to them, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what I initially did. So I made, um, I came up with a very, you know, it was a design that obviously it was an Arabic writing on a a jumper. But it was Mm -hmm. a little bit different because there was some art, you know, visuals accompanying it, Mm -hmm. right? And I made like a sample purely for modeling purposes, okay? So Mm -hmm. maybe it was about 10 pieces or something like that for modeling purposes. Mm Because, yeah, the minimum... I remember the minimum order was t- 10. So I thought, okay, well, I have to make mm. 10. I'll use those for models, and then I'll get everyone to order. And then at the end of the month, I will print off the, the the orders that people have. Okay? Yeah. So I did it, did the shots. Really, obviously, when you start, you think you're doing amazing. But looking back on it, it looked, it looked atrocious, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but... But regardless, I, it's a learning curve. So when I started, I popped it on. I remember, I remember when I put the website live, and I was like, "Boom, okay, let's get ready for some pre-orders." Yeah. And bro, like nothing happened. Cricket. Like I was just sitting there, and it and this is the reality. I think some people have this sort of um, notion. Mm. I remember someone recently as well started up clothing, like, and they were they messaged me and they were like, "Oh, when when do your first orders start getting in? Like, I'm mm. expecting loads to roll in." I was like, "Bro, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not how it works." Like, yeah so I quickly realized within the first few days this isn't this isn't gonna work at least not as a startup you can't just start and expect people to pre-order mm. so my business model had to completely change those ten that I made for for modeling purposes became my stock right right and so I had to force sell that stock which I managed to do and mm. some may say I had you know the, i had a benefit of having some sort of platform anyway mm. um which, a lot, you know, that, that is quite a beneficial thing. And that's how you get your... That's a, a fast-track way of getting your, quote-unquote, true fans. Mm. Um, and then slowly realizing, yeah, there's a problem to solve. And actually, I need investment into something very different. Mm. Something that isn't really out there. And it's a bit of a gamble because you're just like, well, I don't know if this is going to work or not. Mm. Um, but as far as issues with running a clothing line is what it needs is exposure right Mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter how much money you have it needs exposure and to get exposure i think you're going to need a team it's not something that's really easy to do on your own you're you're going to need a team from the start especially if you're doing it as a side sort of thing first you're going to need like a squad of people that all share the same sort of vision as you to like because you're going to need people to, to people that are doing photography right People mm. that are creating the clothes, people that are actually doing the monotonous stuff like packaging and sending it off, people that mm. are doing your marketing, people that and they all have to have like the same sort of vision, the same sort yeah. of because clothing and brands they have a they have a streamlined sort of uh, style, and that echoes not only in the actual product but also in their marketing and their messaging as well. Yeah, you know, it's like imagine if you had, I don't know. Trying to give an example Like Ralph Lauren Mixed with I don't know Nike They're completely Separate worlds Yeah They're completely Separate worlds So you can't have Nike messaging With Ralph Lauren Or I don't of know course, It's a bad, yeah. bad example It has to be all be, aligned Yeah It has to be all aligned And mm. in the same sense You have to have people That you're working with that have the same Sort of vision yeah. um, And I think that's why I struggled a lot Trying to find people To work with Because no one shared mm. That vision That mm. Purex I had So wait bro, um, what, what do you mean By exposure um, As in so, so, Sort of like networking okay. And I'm talking early on People don't start with a lot of capital So those mm. who don't have capital They need to get out there And get their clothes worn by people that They respect And people that basically have oh, okay, understood, yeah, Do you yeah, know yeah. what I mean mm. And also networking And, and mm. networking is such a key thing anyway mm. But I think it goes with any business Just networking, getting out there get, Talking to people, showing off your product Exposing your product to the masses Not just online but Mm. yeah i mean everyone's got their online sort of thing but Mm. if i put out a picture of something Mm -hmm. and even if i run ads on it or whatever it doesn't have a meaning yet it doesn't Mm. mean anything it's just a picture that's paid for you need to develop uh, a meaning behind it you need to develop a story behind it that's true remember people ask me people ask me what does pure x i mean yeah and I had to just flip and come up with something on the spot. when yeah, I did come yeah. up with it, it didn't really mean much. I know I always wanted the word pure, because mm. that had an element to it. But the XI thing was just a filler, bro. It was just literally algebra at the end.
1: Mm,
0: okay. Sounds <laughs> That's good, of it. Sounds good. It sounds good. It used to be called... Yeah. You know, I went through many different names. This is like the fourth name that we ended up with. Right. But it all had something at the end of it, you know? Mm, nice. um, but, bro, it's like you, Trial and error. So, so like...
1: Yeah that's true bro like clothing is something where I I find it difficult to to put clothing in any category of solving a problem you know a lot of the time yeah. it's like it's purely going after people's desires rather than needs right which yeah. for me like that's actually I don't know I think objectively that's a harder business but for some people who are like just they're fluent in in design and fluent in uh that kind of thing and it's their passion then so be it they end up going into it and they end up you know working and stuff it it ends up working so so but you're right like without a brand clothing no matter what the design is kind of meaningless isn't it it has to have a story behind it and that's why people buy it and wear it and they're proud to wear it because of the story behind it and yeah that's that's what you did well with with pure xi definitely um why why uh, or are you considering Pure XI to be like the thing going forward? Or why are you, if you're not, or why are you not?
0: Uh, I think it, it'll, it'll always be there, bro. I think you know, uh, although it was on sort of a hiatus for a long time, mm. I think it's just going to sit there until it'll be a circular thing, right? Because although I think the reason why and I'll, I'll be honest with you is because I never stepped into Pure XI for money, right? I mm. never started Pure XI because I thought this is going to make me millions. I started Pure Xi predominantly as a form of expression mm. because I wanted to. Ch- I, I did it at a time when I was. I think I was still at university. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was 2014, so I was still at uni, and I just wanted to express myself. Mm-hmm. And I saw that Pure Xi is an outlet. I wanted to challenge what was already out there. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until I worked with particular people that they started talking to to me. Uh, about it from a, a business, like a proper business standpoint. Mm. And I always struggled sort of aligning the two because I never came to it with a business standpoint. I didn't create it because I was like, oh, I want to make, I'm doing it to make money. I created it because it came up as more of a hobby. And then someone came along, someone came along that I worked with and mm. tweaked what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So it was more You know business focused. Mm-hmm. And we put out a product. That mm. I wasn't so creatively like. Oh, I'm mad about this. It was nice, right. but it wasn't so creatively oh amazing. But he came out at like, well, you need to appeal to X, Y, Z, right? And it and it bro, I couldn't stop restocking this this particular item. Like it was just insane because oh, okay. it, because it, there was a balance of of creativity and you know money-minded Mass appeal exactly. And that's that's the balance that it struck, and it did really well, mm. and it sh- it showed you, but. For now, you can't not tell me what it was. No, I can't. I'll tell you off air, bro. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but this is it. So for Pure XI, it's just it's there, oh. and you know it is me at the moment. It oh. is literally purely me, and I'll be honest as possible about that. And I don't mind that. Mm. Um, but I, there's people that are out there that I really admire their work. I really admire what they're doing, and I know that the time will come where they'll want to work with me on it. Mm. Charlie and. Inshallah and, and that's when You know Things can sort of Pick up speed again mm. But um, mm-hmm. That's it People have their passions bro uh, It's like uh, What's his face What's that guy Gary Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk, Vaynerchuk. Or Whatever yeah. Like he's got his passion About buying that
1: uh, <laughs> buying the TV? Jets Yeah
0: <laughs> Exactly That's his passion But he's not When he goes out And you know Hustles doing XYZ that isn't really his passion. He's using that to fuel his goal. Yeah, yeah. fuel what his passions are. Maybe that's what it is. Pure XI yeah. is a bit of a passion project for mm, me. Mm. And it could do with some, you know, some finances being injected into it. Mm-hmm. But that isn't going to come about out of thin air. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know? And this is this is why me, me and my partners, We actually none of us um, started this business for the sake of it. We always wanted to, like all of us, yeah, there are three of us in total, we all got into it because we wanted obviously like freedom and stuff but also because yeah. we wanted to be able to finance our real passion which usually is something to do with uh, development developing muslims or something like that uh, like like for me seramasters. masters like i wanted to be able to do seramasters masters full time and i was thinking okay firstly i don't really want to do it as a business secondly i don't i think it's not really the ideal business to kind of rely on anyway so i thought let me start a business which is ideal to rely on and then i can funnel money into Ceramasters. masters so yeah. that's kind of that's still my model until today although i don't know if, if that passion thing will be Ceramasters. masters it might be another version of it but to be honest bro it's been over two years and i'm still uh, working towards being able to really fully do that so mm. you know it's a journey man it's a journey and if you start like when you're young like that's really good i i listen to like quite a few business podcasts and bro software yeah which is supposed to be all about young people and you know mark zuckerberg youngest billionaire and this and that bro all the people starting these software businesses doing very well they're like 40 50 you know yeah true. um so if you start early in a way you have an advantage that you've got a lot of time and this and that um so yeah yeah
0: Starting anything early is good, bro. Because at mm. the end of the day, or if you're not succeeding, at least you're learning. We spoke yeah, about it before, for sure. Um, and
1: you just have to extend your your like runway, you know. So that's why I said it's good to have a job because even if you fail five times and you're working, you're not su- you're surviving the whole time, and so you're just yeah. building up, compounding. You're compounding your experience and knowledge, which is is always a good thing.
0: So let's let's go to um, this. this Point our direction to the listeners at the moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've inspired them, bro. The listeners are sitting there saying, "Yes, yes, this is what I want to do, bro." Okay. Like, uh, mind heist has heisted my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, what would you say to uh, Ahmed and uh, Ahmed and Asia that are listening right now, bro? What would you say the next thing they should do after they switch this uh, this podcast off?
1: Oh. That's a difficult one because it depends. It depends on you. But if you feel so inclined, you know, I w- like I said, I believe eighty percent of people they're not really suited to it. But how do you know if you're in the eighty percent or the twenty percent? If you're so inclined, if you have that good intention that you want to, um, you want the, the the freedom, you want to serve Allah better, you want to serve your family better, then you have a duty to to yourself. And you have a duty to the to the Ummah, actually, to go out and take action. And uh, the action that we kind of, what I mentioned, the the steps going ahead, is to maybe identify a group of people that you have some affinity to, you kind of know how they live their lives, and start thinking of problems. Start thinking of problems you might be able to solve for them. Um, meanwhile, you know, you could pick up a book or two, and really just realize it's a it can be very much a slow burn thing. But just go ahead uh, and do it, because... I I honestly believe this bro yeah I believe if you um, have the ability if you have something inside you which is like yes I can be self-employed yes I can offer people real value and they'll pay me in return for it I think you kind of have a duty to go and do that Mm. just because it will allow you to to serve Allah and and the ummah better and your family better and so I think you have a duty to do that and And Allah, but Yom Al Qiyama. If you had that ability and you decided to maybe take the easier route and stay in a job, etc., then you you know you might have to answer for that. You might have to answer for that because you could have benefited your family and the Ummah, and you could have served Allah better.
0: Yeah. Do you know what? It it could be yeah, similar thing. It could be that you know, let's say hypothetically, my my position now, I could have, I could be questioned about identifying that there was a problem and not going out there to try and change it, like the problem with. You know, being pressured on the problem—the problem of someone breathing down your mm. neck—that's um, a problem I've identified, and I've just said, "Okay, I am going to let myself be oppressed." You know, it's a, mm. it's a form of oppression. It's a form of saying, "Okay, that's nothing I can do." But really, is there nothing you can do? Like, really? Yeah. Have you even tried? This is yeah. it, and and I think we 100%. do have a we have a defeatist mentality. A lot of us do, only because. I think we misunderstand the concept of sabr. We misunderstand the com- concept of taqwa. So we we say alhamdulillah. We say I'm going to be patient. I.e., I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to shut up and put up with it. Mm. You know? That's
1: Christian version of
0: sabr. Yeah, turn the other cheek. Exactly, it's a turn the other cheek mentality. When we come from a tie your camel mentality, you know that's where mm-hmm. we come from. That is our understanding. Mm. It's- I like that. I like that, bro. <laughs> I like that. It's
1: like turn the other cheek versus tie your camel.
0: Trust me true though you know and this is it and we, we we this is who we are we as a people are people that we make do and we step forward you know
1: mm-hmm. yeah i noticed nothing we've said in this podcast has been about getting rich no of course <laughs> it's not about that no that's funny that's funny you know i i have big goals in terms of of being rich if you like but it, the thing is i've always i've got a deeper um reason behind it right so i'm quite aware that if you have three four kids yeah you can live a good life earning five six thousand pounds a month yeah you can live a good comfortable life that way depending where you live some places you can be an absolute king uh with that much money but but that's i have to go beyond my comfort zone to make more money than that because like i I just feel i have a duty to deliver more value to the ummah, and i need you know i need some finances to be able to do that in an independent manner so yeah
0: so it's brilliant bro like uh, uh, you know my Allah bless my mother bro I spoke to my mother the other day on the phone while I was at work I had about an hour at work and I thought just before I finish, I called her and Mm -hmm. I I, basically the stuff we're talking about here bro I spoke to her about I spoke to her Mm -hmm. about my mentality at work and how like just the, the sort of dread is slowly creeping in and I need to do something about it And Mm. I said And I did say to her Like my fears I said like one of my fears At the moment is like You know My life's completely changed bro I don't have that safety net anymore Like I'm paying rent I'm You know uh, My family relies upon me I've got my son Who's just started nursery I've got like That's it Like I'm getting locked in More and more every day You know Mm. Um, And she said to me It was something so profound Like number one She was extremely supportive Right Which Mm -hmm that does wonders for you bro because your one of your fears as a you know an arab north african boy is like your parents saying no it's a bad idea don't do it kind of thing Mm. or listen you you want to listen to your parents but she Mm. said you know clearly i can see that you're not you know happy with what you're doing now she said that Mm. it's she said that not to see the situation i'm in as a a um an obstacle she said that I needed to get to the position I'm in now To have the responsibilities And the struggles I have now To appreciate how important it is To free myself from the shackles Because mm, she said When I was living mm. When I was living with her And when I was You know I didn't have my son I, I wasn't married I didn't have these responsibilities Then mm. I, The importance of Being free Didn't mean much mm-hmm. And that's why true. I didn't do much Because she didn't realise How important it was She said mm. that Because I left Because I I Exposed myself To the reality She said she, you know, she said uh, something like, um, "When you expose yourself to the value of how much a pound is, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, to the actual value of what that mm-hmm. really means, um, mm-hmm. then that's when you realise how important it is to to mm-hmm. get your get yourself going." And another thing she mentioned is how my father used to feel the same way, and that mm-hmm. really sort of struck to me because although my father is quite traditional in a sense. He never went down the traditional road of like being a doctor or doing stuff like that He just tried Mm -hmm. to hustle bro Because Mm -hmm. he didn't have that opportunity that I had And let's say you know Mm. Maybe the ship has sailed for doing traditional like Oh I'm going to go study medicine or whatever Maybe the ship has sailed for that But to know that actually my father had that Same mindset Like like the same sort of realization I'm having now Was so empowering Mm. man So empowering And just having your parents support is so empowering So um Mm not everyone out there is going to have that luxury i'm afraid Mm. (laughs) but at the end of the day if you don't have the luxury of having your family support or those around you then the least Mm. you can have is the tenacity to prove them wrong you know and the least you can have is the motivation to say well i'm going to sort you guys out in a sense like i'm going to set you guys up by doing Mm. my best sorting myself out so i can serve you better
1: for sure you just reminded me of something from a book which another book i would kind of recommend which is another mindset book but again it's very short and i think it you know the 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 author of this book yeah he's he's one of these kind of uh young kind of crazy internet entrepreneurs yeah? yeah but i'm shocked at how good of a book he could write i was very surprised and i would actually recommend it it's called um it's called the five pillars of wealth Yeah I don't know why he called it that But it's basically It's all about the, the ma- One of the main things I took out of it is The worst place you can be If you want to start a business Is comfortable in your job because you will not have the enough motivation and and kind of discomfort in your current situation yeah. to take on the discomfort of starting a business. And so if you're uncomfortable in your job, that is a good place to be. You know, that's a good place to be to motivate, to push you forward, yeah. to take that uh, leap. I mean, I call it a leap, but I actually disagree with this whole idea that business is all about risk taking because i'm i realize actually over time i'm risk averse i don't like risk and that helps me in business because it means i de-risk everything as much as possible you know and one thing i don't know if people can relate to this but i always kind of tell myself look worst case scenario worst worst case scenario because it's you know it could be scary to especially if you once you quit your job you know it can be scary but i always tell myself worst case scenario i can live in Algeria on five hundred pounds a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, even if and maybe I only have to do that for six months before I get back on my feet or whatever. But I, I just uh, and this is in the book as well. Four Hour Work Week. He calls it um, fear setting. So not don't just do goal setting. Do a fear setting. Think. Ask yourself. I'm scared of this. What is the worst case scenario? Is that worst case scenario really that bad? And then what can I do to mitigate this thing that I have a fear of? Yeah. So that's that's a really good exercise he has in that book as well. So. Yeah, man, like what's the worst? I'll that can give happen? you the
0: big, the best fear case scenario that's actually mm. just a blessing that we have as Muslims that no one else has, right? Okay. People that, let's say these people that are non Muslims that are trying to think the same way, they have mm. a fear, uh, the biggest fear is that they die and not achieve it. Right, Mm. so they live their Mm. whole life grinding, struggling, trying, and failing. Yeah, and they might get nothing, and they'll get nothing, and they'll die like that, and they'll not experience Mm. the world at all. The dunya is gone for them because all Mm. they did was try for it and didn't succeed. Okay, hypothetically, put yourself as a Muslim in that same situation. You tried Mm. and failed, and tried and failed, but you did it with the intention to please Allah. You die, Mm. and you still you're still a winner. You know, inshallah, yeah, inshallah. So bro that that's just like opens up the world for me because actually it doesn't matter how much time i put into this anymore mm. there is no limit to time we are not bound yeah. by time anymore we yeah. are you know we are beings that will exist for an eternity whether it's in the you know in 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 jannah that's the reality yeah. of our situation our consciousness will exist forever so yeah. actually let's let's go <laughs> do you yeah. know what i mean let's do it yeah. Whether we reach yeah. it in this world or the next
1: yeah, I always felt that Islam is the correct mindset. It gives you the correct mindset for business because of these kind of things, you know, that we're mentioning. Trust me, um, bro. stuff like yeah. stuff like Billah, you know, having the best opinion of Allah, expecting the best of Allah, the ability to make du'a, the ability to ask al-Razak al-Khalik al kareem um, you know, to ask Him to to help you out, knowing that the only place you are ever gonna get your sustenance anyway was from him whether yeah. it's through a job or through yeah. a business and you know tie your camel and and tawakkul and um the worst case scenario i, I flip in staff to death and go jannah anyway it's <laughs> true though it's
0: <laughs> true it's so true you know it's just it's phenomenal this dean is an absolute blessing bro absolute yeah. blessing to Alhamdulillah.
1: Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah.
0: <laughs> bro i'm gonna have to wrap it up now
1: yeah you know <laughs> we said we were gonna answer questions
0: nah, right we always miss out on it <laughs> bro this is it bro this was uh, this was been on my mind i've been dying to talk to you about this sort of stuff yeah um, and and, I, and
1: this is the this is the real the real stuff isn't it that's why it comes out inshallah as a very good episode because the real life stuff
0: trust me bro there's so many sound bites that you're gonna make out of this episode You <laughs> can see it coming inshallah, <laughs> inshallah. Yeah. um Trying to think uh, what else. Oh, did you know that I'm I'm back on Instagram and Twitter? I saw that yesterday, actually. Yeah. Do I I
1: say congratulations or what's the correct? uh, I did get
0: lots of congratulations, Is Okay. But bro, alhamdulillah, like took a long time out and I I spent that time sort of evaluating my life and that and I feel like Mm. I've come back with purpose, you know. And that's the main thing. Um, Everything has to have purpose, bro. Um, yes And one yeah, of the main things the, uh, One of the main things I'm using social media for <clears throat> Is networking man Just mm. I think networking Is so important I yeah. I, You know I want to get out there And just meet people That are also like minded And and In these six seven months Or whatever That I haven't been online bro I have gone out there And I have I have a whole new group Of 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 individuals that i socialize with that i go with go and see bro i go to london like almost every week now subhanallah just to mm. to to be in the in good company and surround myself with positive people which yeah. i didn't have around me and it's just done wonders mm-hmm. for, for for me bro like alhamdulillah wallahi, lalai, mm. and, I, and i advise everybody 100%. out there like if they realize that they're actually you know they're not, not lonely but like isolated in the sense that they don't have good people around them because you could be in a room full of muslims bro but they're just not doing it for you because they're not yeah. necessarily about <laughs> not life. <doing> it, <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah yeah you've just got to go out yeah. there and i well, will i'll be honest with you yeah some of the brothers listen to the podcast bro um bro i saw these brothers online and i thought i want to i just want to be in in that sort of circle I remember Mm. saying that. And I remember saying to my wife, I'd love to be in this sort of circle. And then I made Mm. dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I would be in this circle. And then I Mm. went out there and just did it, bro. I just turned up Mm. one day and there I was.
1: You did a real life friend request. (laughs) Hey, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Got room for one more? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Alhamdulillah. Yeah, bro. Uh, Alhamdulillah.
1: You know, unfortunately for me, um, you're right. You know, like uh, connections, knowing people, and mixing with good people is very important, and it's something that I really struggle with, to be honest. Maybe mm, we could bro. do another episode on that. Although I feel like we did an episode on it, actually. Yeah, but we but, always
0: we always retread our steps anyway. Bro. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I I actually my you know you know my friend I uh, told you has a software business, and he's kind of shown me that it's possible for me also to get into that business. He's something... Sounds like a similar story to what you mentioned, where he lives in Dubai. I don't live in Dubai. But I used to go every week to Dubai. Yeah. um, And we used to, like... uh i just made it a thing that i must like speak like meet someone once a week and i've just been doing that now for a long time even when i i had uh, i i wasn't working anymore and i had just started my business so i wasn't really making income so every time i go do i i'm paying petrol <clears throat> i'm eating out i'm usually i was doing some kind of like climbing or some kind of thing like that um and it would cost me money but flipping heck, has it paid dividends,
0: you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Investing in yourself, bro, and investing in, your, in, your, in those people around you. Because mm. here's the thing about socializing. Is it just purely for entertainment? Or mm. is it because you're actually bringing some benefit to yourself? Whether that's mm. mental, spiritual, do you know what I mean? Is mm. it? And I realized before, bro, I was going out to socialize, at least in Brighton, the people I socializing with in Brighton were just, it was purely to waste time. There wasn't any mm. good coming out of it. All I could say was, uh, "Oh, I've relaxed a little bit," and that was it. But no, if anything, yeah. I have probably gained, you know, bad company essentially. Mm. But um hamdulillah, mm. bro, it's yeah. just it's all positive mm. at the end of the day. It's mm. All positive.
1: I said to my, I said to my wife yesterday or the day before, I, d- I just kind of came to the realization: there is not one person I spend time with, like I consider a friend, or I spend time with, who is like like let's say has a job some kind of income and they just pray five a day yeah. and they fast at Ramadan and they don't want to do anything beyond that like yeah. literally i don't actually know anyone who is not like ambitious yeah so that's i guess i didn't really realize
0: how good that is but that's like really good really yeah. useful yeah I'm yeah yeah that. it's 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 so fu- it's so difficult finding uh people that it's a rare breed of muslim the ones that are right in the middle you know they've got the mm. deen and they've got the ambition for everything else as well and mm. they're not defeatist Bro, I think that's one of the things I picked up from Mufti, bro, when he was talking. He, he he spoke about this topic, and I think that's what sparked it a while ago, about how it's so much better for a Muslim to have that independence and be free and be in control mm. than it is to be in, enslaved to someone else. Um, yeah. And it, just his his sort of ambition in what he wants to do, even with, with Hadith Disciple, for example, is so inspiring. Why mm. Why do I keep getting drawn back to it? why why do i keep going back to that channel but although you know i'm not saying he's the only person to listen to i'm definitely not saying that but i'm saying what is it about that channel that i just keep going back to and that's where i take my stuff from and it's the value mm-hmm. bro it's just literally focusing on that value mm. Anywho. yeah
1: it's not just a ilm, it's actually you could say it's it's mindset shift it's yeah. you know stuff yeah, like
0: that exactly exactly mm well alhamdulillah thank you for listening to episode 39 of the mind heist podcast should i start mm-hmm. making mind heist uh subscriber only where they have to pay a fee yeah because this episode was golden bro we're giving our gold Inshallah.
1: Here. <laughs> <Inshallah>. <laughs> well that's where you have to see you know if you got the product market fit if people are willing to pay or not
0: <laughs>
1: yeah alhamdulillah bro, bro but Inshallah, we get paid in ajr And then nobody has to pay anything Because Allah yeah, and he has unlimited ajr to
0: give So oh, man, nobody's so paying nothing Oh my god it's 11.35 I need to get skedaddling Okay
1: okay. Uh, anything else to say before we leave bro? Uh,
0: what are you plugging? I know you've got plugs bro uh,
1: Plug um, Let me drop like three random charities That I think you should give to in Ramadan awesome. uh, One is One Solid Ummah I've been following them since the beginning And they're absolutely so transparent And I just trust them the most Like out of all charities I trust them the most One solid ummah They're based They used to be like just literally Just uh, one guy or two guys He used to go to uh, Syria Um he used to go Syria in his weekends or something like that because he worked in Kuwait yep. and he used to he built a bakery and stuff for them now i think it's a fully established charity um it's it, they've got an orphan village they've got a masjid there they they've got a school there and um they keep building they just keep growing this orphan village mashallah he may allah put baraka in it and just so transparent so one solid ummah. very very solid um other one uh i always like hugs you know double h is it double H U G S? yes you, you know that charity yeah? Yeah, yeah hugs um amazing and then i want to throw in uh something which is more like something like long term i would just say maybe find someone on patreon uh who you you know you want to support you think they're doing something good for the ummah maybe that would be a good one but i, what, I can't what about
0: uh, I, I don't know launch yeah. good have stuff like that don't they
1: launch good launch good have stuff yes launch good is a good place to discover different causes for yeah, sure yeah yeah Um, The only thing with launch good is A lot of times it's like one off people And you don't know if they have a a background Of like following through and stuff Uh, But if you do, if you know that Then that's fine I mean I don't want to cause suspicion or (laughs) Um, Yeah so but like Patreon for example Like I personally I think InFeed is doing a good job In terms of like just getting that positive energy Towards Muslims that yeah we're not like losers And we're not like victims So that's why I think they're a worthy cause Even if it's like one pound a month So you know stuff like that
0: Definitely, bro. That, that,
1: those are my plugs. Any plugs from yourself?
0: Um,
1: oh, your new Instagram, bro. Of course.
0: Oh yeah, uh-huh. bro. You know who I am, bro. Man's Aki tweet out here. Say <laughs> no more. Aki tweet <laughs> is back in the building.
1: Wait, but are you on uh, Twitter?
0: I of course I am, fam. do oh, not well, okay. have that. No. No, yeah, not, exactly. I don't know how much use Twitter is going to be anymore. It's just it's just completely changed. Yeah. Um, but I'll use it to just post my my Monday musings. Anyway. Jazakallah <laughs> khair <laughs> for listening to episode 39 of the Mind Heist podcast. We've infiltrated your mind with golden nuggets. Make du'a for us. And may Allah bless you this Ramadan. Make the most of it. It's still got some time left. Yes. Um, half. About half left. About half left. Hopefully i upload this as soon as possible. Amin, you're mm. going to make some sound bites. Yes, inshallah. Inshallah, <laughs> yallah. Okay, okay. salamu alaykum wa
1: rahmatullahi wa rakatuh. Wa alaykum salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa rahmatullahi wa rahmatullahi wa rahmatullahi wa